On today's Locked on Jayhawks, the top 10 point guard shooting guard combo options for Kansas that are available either via recruiting or the transfer portal right now for the Jayhawks. You are Locked on Jayhawks, your daily podcast on the Kansas Jayhawks, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. On today's Locked on Jayhawks, we're going to be discussing my top 10 point guard, shooting guard, combo guard options for KU in the portal and just available overall. I'm Derek Johnson. You can hear me as well on Rock Chalk Sports Talk Monday through Friday from 3 to 6 p.m. on KLWN in Lawrence. You can uh, also listen right here on Locked on Jayhawks. And thanks for making Locked on your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get any of your podcasts. You can also subscribe to us and find us on YouTube. On today's edition of the show, uh, I'm going to be going through. This isn't necessarily the top 10 list of what Kansas might take. You know, I I did try to put people in here that um, Kansas has maybe reached out to or there's been some sort of contact with, though. You know, that can get kind of spicy with knowing what exactly that contact is or if it's feigned in some way. Um, But this is just my top 10 putting together, and I have it tiered out in different tiers of the list. To be clear again, this is a list of guys I, I, I tried not to put people on here either who it was like, oh, he's put out his final five list and Kansas wasn't on it. Maybe I missed any of these players like putting out a list. But um, yes, I, I, I did try to include guys to be linked to KU at uh, some way or another. So let's get this started with our tier four. We have four different tiers of these top 10 players here uh, um, that we're doing. And tier four is how I would classify kind of like a mildly helpful backup option. You can look at the backup part of that in two ways. One would be most likely this guy would come off the bench or he would play like bench level minutes. Maybe this would be only a 15 or 20 minute per game guy, but also a backup option in terms of, yeah, if you didn't hit some of your higher up targets. And to be clear, I don't know that Kansas would even end up taking any of these guys because. You know, you might just allocate your scholarships elsewhere where instead of getting a tier four player at this position, you get a higher tier player at a different position. And we'll do our, you know, wing and forward one. We'll do our center one of these coming up later. Um, And also, you know, I I think part of this, like if you're taking a tier four guy, that might be dependent on maybe like a Kyle Cuff staying or leaving. Um, But anyway, our tier four guys in this list. Cormac Ryan from Notre Dame, DJ Horn from Arizona State, Joseph Gerard from Syracuse and L. Ellis from um, Louisville. So for Cormac Ryan, he fits because he is a six, five kind of shooting guard combo guard type. So you can play him easily next to a smaller guard into Juan Harris and feel like you're fine with the size level. He's a solid three point shooter career, 35% from three on over five tries per game. He shot a peak of 41% from three as a junior when Notre Dame was uh, a second round NCAA tournament team. And he was 88th percentile as a spot-up shooter as a junior, 96th percentile, or 92nd, excuse me, in transition play, which backs up to KU liking to get out in transition. The reason, though, he's not a lower tier is he's only an average defender, and Notre Dame was really bad last year, and also he dropped off a little bit in his shooting last season. He was just 51st percentile in spot-up shooting. The percentages went down overall for him. Is that just a product of, you know, they had Blake Wesley his junior season and Notre Dame who ended up being a first-round pick. So if you get a good creator for him, his play goes up. 
makes sense. Well, that'd be good with Dewan Harris, but certainly you're not getting him on a high note like you might like coming into it. So I think a solid little backup option there that fits some of the things that you would need, but he's not the the sexiest pickup you would have. DJ Horn is someone who um, maybe a little less of a, a spot-up shooting option than Cormac Ryan, but is more of someone who can create his own shot. He averaged 12.5 points per game at Arizona State for two seasons. Case for, for all four guys on these lists, playing at a, a high-power uh, level where you don't have to worry about how does it translate from a lower level to the Big 12. Uh, but 36% from three for DJ Horn with six tries per game. Like I said, he can create off the dribble. He was on an NCAA tournament team, so uh, you, you don't have the worry of, oh, was he just putting up bad numbers on a bad team? He shot over 40% from three in the 13 games he played against Ken Palm top 50 competition. So he raised his game up against better competition. But the reason he's not in a higher tier uh, this was one I did flirt with putting in tier three, but um, he's only six foot one. So you do have a little bit of a worry of playing, you know, him next to Dewan Harris. He's not great on two point shots. He's a good, not great spot up shooter, which you'd be asking him to do a lot of, I would imagine. He's average off screens, average off handoffs, which KU runs a lot of those handoffs. He's also just kind of an average defender on synergy. So he can create his own shot, which would really help you because you're looking for those things. But you know, there's a lot of like other average things in there from some of his synergy numbers, which is why he is in tier four. Again, solid backup take, but maybe not one of your first priorities. And there was reported interest or reaching out in some way with Horn and Kansas. Again, is that just a ploy by uh, the kid and um, his party to, I don't know, raise up NIL bidding coming his way? Is it real? Is it just a, hey, uh, we're sort of interested from Kansas? Is it a, hey, we're really interested? You think if that was the case, you would have had a visit. So um, certainly somebody to keep an eye on. Joseph Gerard, I think, fits uh, because, you know, when, when when you were looking at what exactly is Kansas looking for here at the point guard, shooting guard, combo guard, whatever options, you have Dewan Harris, you have El Marco Jackson. You're looking for somebody who can, if you're bringing on a combo guard type, can shoot the ball, create their own shot. Those are what you're missing out of that group, maybe consistently. And Gerard does those things well. He averaged 16 and a half points per game um, his final year at Syracuse. 13 and a half points per game, his four-year career, so he's a good scorer. 38% from three last season, 40% the year prior on around seven tries per game. He was 67th percentile, which is classified as very good in shooting off screens, according to Synergy. So you'd be able to, to move him around. But why he's not on a higher tier, he's listed at 6-1. Uh, he played zone defense, so you have to worry about the man defense coming over. Syracuse wasn't very good, and also he was a good, not great, um, spot up shooter, 53rd percentile in synergy. You have to worry about the man to man defense, not just from the transition, but also he's not someone who really profiles as being like a, an elite defender. Um, so that one, I don't know how likely it is. Doesn't seem like there's really been much contact, but if we're making a top 10 list, I had to go far uh, down the list. Seems like KU is being kind of in the dark or maybe a little more picky and choosy, which they should be. They're Kansas with some of these players. So it hasn't been like a, like I think I saw at one point Arkansas had reached out to like 86 transfers or something like that. KU is more on the conservative side with being like, no, let's, you know, let's, let's be very cautious with this. And then the last one here on tier four is L Ellis. Um, great name, by the way. Uh, but he is six foot three, so that's helpful because you want, I think, somebody who is six foot three or taller. Now, uh, we'll get to uh, tier one in this list, and those guys are not because those guys are just so good, it makes up for it. But um, that would be ideal playing next to Dwan. So he's six three, averaged 18 points per game in the ACC. 
Uh, it was only 32% from three, but it was 36% from three the year prior when Louisville wasn't as horrible as they were this season, and he had better pieces around him. And he was actually 74th percentile last season in spot-up shooting despite shooting only 32% from three, which he would be doing more spot-up shooting with Kansas than he did at Louisville where he kind of had to create everything. So he's a good scorer. Uh, he was kind of the one, like, good player on a really really bad louisville team but that's part of why he's not a fit louisville wasn't just bad they were terrible they were in the two like 40s on ken palm this past season that would be like the equivalent of bringing on a player from you know some very small school he wasn't a great defender either is part of that because you're on a horrible team and you're just not really giving the effort at that point i don't know so to be clear i'm not really sure kansas has much interest in any of these four players that's part of why they're tier four um, the extent of the interest we've seen is is that brief mention with DJ Horn, but I guess these are these are solid enough that they fit in certain regard backup options, which is why they are on the fourth tier here. All right, we're gonna get to tier three in just a second with Locked On Jayhawks, but first, this episode of the show is are looking for a delicious snack but don't want all of the sugar and the calories then you need to try the best tasting protein bar ever built. What makes built bars so good for starters, they're all covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right. Real chocolate. And they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter, brownie cookies, and cream. I don't know how they do it, but the bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. And what's even better they are healthy, only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, whopping 17 grams of protein, and now you don't need to wait around to get a box. For years, we've been talking about ordering Built Bars at Built.com, which you still can, but now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club while you can still get your specialty flavors at Built.com. Head to your nearest Walmart today, walk to the pharmacy section, grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can get a four-bar box, cookies and cream. Uh, double chocolate bar or the coconut puffs if you're close to a sam's club you can run in get a 13 bar box really stock up with brownie batter uh puffs or churro puffs so check it out with built bar or at built.com on to our next tier of things that would be on to tier three which i classified this one kind of as like backup options with higher potential so this is kind of similar to tier four, but I think these guys have higher potential to hit and be real players on the team. Um, one of these is Primo Spears from Providence, another Noah Thomason from Niagara, and another Stephen Ashworth from Utah State. So Spears is six foot three, which is a positive playing next to Dewan Harris. And you're talking about a guy who put up, you know, you just look at the counting stats, 16 points, five assists per game. In the Big East, which was probably, what, the second-best conference this year in college basketball with the Big 12-1, Big East number two, uh, maybe it's number three, I don't know, whatever. One of the best conferences in college basketball. He can create it off the dribble. What was Kansas missing from last year's team? What are they looking for next year's team? Creation off the dribble. Well, Primo Spears was 68th percentile, which is classified as very good on synergy in isolation play. A lot of what he did was isolation play. He, got, uh, he was one of the higher numbers in the country and just the number of isolation play he was getting. But that's not really going to happen a ton for Kansas, but at least you know it is in his bag that he can do it in a late shot clock situation. I think that's a positive for what KU could have. He's also 63rd percentile, which was classified as good at spot-up shooting, which he would be asked to do more of in his time at Kansas than he probably got to do at Georgetown, where he was kind of the top option. He also improved a lot from year one to year two, right, to where – 
you know, you look at him transferring up a level. I think he was at George Washington, goes to Georgetown. That might be wrong with George Washington, but he goes up a level from a, a mid-major to Georgetown. And the numbers got even a little bit better for him. You know, the percentages were around the same, but the counting stats got better in a tougher conference. That does show, even though it wasn't, you know, leaps and bounds better, it was better for him from year one to year two. Why couldn't he continue to get better from year two to year three? But the reason why he's not a lower tier, why he's tier three and not tier two, wasn't efficient. 40% from the field, he shot 30% from three on a very bad Georgetown team. And his two years of college, Georgetown in the previous stop, neither team was very good. Uh, Georgetown this past season was 219th on Ken Palm. Out of comparison, Howard, who Kansas played in the first round as their 16th seed in the NCAA tournament, Howard was 218th. It was higher than Georgetown. The other part of it that I think is a, a big question mark here is will he be eligible? This will be his second transfer. He's not a graduate. The NCAA said they're going to start cracking down on second-time transfers, and they're not really going to give guys uh, a look for, hey, your, your coach left, and here you can go. Now, there could be certain loopholes there, and I don't know how he can play the loophole game if he can be eligible, but that is question. Will he be eligible? Uh, he also was just an average defender on Synergy. Um, he ran pick and roll in the 95th percentile in the country. Probably not going to be running nearly as much of that. That would be Dewan Harris. And he also was in the 99th percentile in isolation tries. So he's pretty good at isolation, but he did it as much as anyone in the country. And him being 68th percentile in isolation scoring, that's based on a um, that's not based on like the number you score. It's based on the efficiency of it. So he was actually good at it, but you're not going to have nearly those opportunities at Kansas. Now you get into a better system where your team's better, maybe, and you're not the focal point on offense. Maybe instead of an average defender, he can be an above average defender. And if he does get um, eligible right away, I think you like this as a possible, he can be a backup to Dwan Harris. He can be a backup at the two to El Marco Jackson, especially if a Kyle Cuff were to transfer out of the program. But there are enough flaws there that I think there are a lot of other options that you could go with instead. But certainly interesting because Primo Spears is somebody who is uh, going to be planning on visiting in, I think, like a week for KU, though. Who knows if that changes? Noah Thomason. This kid was from Niagara. Honestly, I, I had him at tier four, and then I started digging a little deeper. I bumped him up to tier three. So he's six foot three. Positive check mark. 19 and a half points per game. Positive check mark. Career 38% from three. Positive. He rated in the 80th percentile on defense, 79th percentile in man defense on synergy. He was also in the 76th percentile in isolation, 96th percentile in spot up shooting. All of those things are home runs for KU. But the reason he's tier three, because all those numbers would say he should be tier two or tier one. The reason he's not is because you do have a big jump up from Niagara and the MAAC to the Big 12. Niagara was 258th on Ken Palm. He did a lot of his work out of the pick and roll. You're not going to get that. It's going to be much harder competition. It's one thing to be in the you know top 20% of the country as a defender when you're playing against MAC opponents. It's another to do it in the Big 12. So those numbers are great, but you do have questions about jumping up, and that is why he is Tier 3. But he is someone who... You know, if he could come in and, and be a backup to Dewan Harrison, Marco Jackson, and uh, I don't know, can he be better than a Joe Yasifu? I think he probably can. He got a little bit more size to him, and I think he had more sustained success and, and maybe better defensive numbers than Joe did coming in from Drake. Steven Ashworth from Utah State. Uh, the biggest problem here is the size, six foot one, and that might be, uh, I don't know, a little too much. He's kind of slight of frame, but 
16 points per game. If you just look at the numbers, this would be a tier one or a tier two. He was on a Ken Palm top 30 team in Utah State. He shot 43% from three on 7.3 attempts per game. And he's also at 41% from three for his career. So knockdown three-point shooter. He shot high 80 percentages from the free throw line. Basically, he can just really shoot it. Good passer, older player. He he did a uh, LDS mission for like two years before going to college. So he's going to be like 24 years old. Older players are good in college basketball. It's good to have that experience. Uh, back to the shooting, though. 99th percentile on synergy and spot-up shooting. Hello, 85th percentile in handoffs. Okay, you run to the chop play a lot, right? 76th percentile in transition. Okay, he likes to get out in the open. And 51st percentile off screens, which is um, actually like it, it's an average above average number, uh, a lot better than like Grady Dick was, for instance, last year. But again, why he's not a lower tier, he's six foot one uh, in six games against Ken Palm top 50 opponents. He shot just 36% from two and 33% from three. He was just two for 10 from three against Missouri in the NCAA tournament. He ran a lot of pick and roll. Wouldn't be doing that as much at Kansas. Uh, not good in isolation, which that would be ideal for Kansas to have. And he was only an average defender. And that was in the Mountain West. Good luck coming over to the Big 12. So that is why he is. I mean, just from the offense perspective, he might be tier one. But some of those other things are why he is. Uh, tier three, but certainly someone who, you know, if you brought any of these guys in to be a backup option for you, uh, but they do have potential to work into more. I don't think that's the worst thing in the end, but also I don't know how much we're seeing KU have interest in any of these guys either. Though Primo Spears would be the one and a visit is scheduled at that, that point. So we're going to finish up with tier two and tier one in just a second with locked on Jayhawks. So is somebody who has already visited for KU. We have one guy that's Nicholas Timberlake from Towson. Why Nicholas Timberlake fits. We're actually going to have a Nick Timberlake deep dive on tomorrow's show, and we're going to go further into this. But just, you know, some surface stuff. He's 6'4". That works well. He's a veteran, older player, you know, 18 points per game, over 40% from three, shot well against higher competition, can shoot it in a myriad of ways. Um, but the reason he's not tier one is because the defense. Defense was really a struggle for him at Towson. And good luck now jumping up to the Big 12. I'm not entirely sure he would be a starter at Kansas, which for me, if 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 you're tier one, it's not that, you know, because we, we know there's a lot of good that are coming into Kansas and it is ultimately a competition. And like even Remy Martin, as impactful as he was coming over and as decorated as he was coming in, he didn't start, right? He came off the bench behind Dewan Harris. And that was even in the season opener. So, um, it's not that tier one, I would say, is a guaranteed starter. But when I look at tier one, I say, if you're tier one, you're playing starter level minutes. With tier two, it's like you could get to those starter level minutes, but maybe realistically you're coming off the bench and there's a chance that Timberlake could be like a 15 minute per game guy off the bench for you because of the defense, but that he's such a flamethrower with the three balls that he is getting consistent run for you. So that's why he's tier two and not tier one, but uh, definitely someone of interest because he has visited Kansas and stick around for that episode uh, coming tomorrow with the Nick Timberlake deep dive. Okay. Tier one, this is take at all costs, play starter level minutes, get a huge NIL bag, whatever it is. Two guys in this tier, Max Acemas, Tyler Perry. Now, we haven't really heard Kansas have some sort of interest with both these guys. Um, I don't know if that's intentional. I don't know if they already have, 
you know, because I, I do think from KU's perspective, they are working a bit in the dark for certain reasons here. Maybe they don't want other people to know their plans. They can, you know, figure out NIL bidding. Maybe they're they're centering everything in on Hunter Dickinson. Um, maybe it's, you know, they, they've heard through the grapevine like, oh, these guys are going to go here or there. So we shouldn't spend as much of our time on those guys. Uh, whatever it is. Uh, maybe there is interest. Maybe there's not. But these are the top tier guys uh, with Max A. Smith. A. Smith. He averaged over 20 points per game, three straight seasons. He's a career 39% three-point shooter on almost nine attempts per game. Super high volume, super high efficiency. 23 points per game in the NCAA tournament against better competition. 23 points per game on 48% from three in five career games against Big 12 competition. He is the best shot maker and creator that is available, in my opinion. And his synergy numbers are awesome to back it up. 79th percentile in transition play. 97th percentile in spot-up shooting. 88th percentile in isolation, 82nd percentile in pick and roll, wouldn't be doing it much, 76th percentile in handoffs, and 100th percentile in limited numbers in cuts off the ball. Very good offensive option for you for a team that needs offensive option, that needs guys who can create their shots, that can hit open threes for you. He fills all those roles for you and gives you another ball handler on the floor. The possible hesitations, though, he's only six foot one and 165 pounds. You have the defensive end that you're worried about. He was average according to synergy on the defensive end, but that's in the Summit League. Now you go to the Big 12, you're probably a below average or bad defender at that point. Um, he also, in six games against Ken Palm top 100 teams this season, only shot 25.5% from three, and he only shot 21% from three in five top 50 games this year. A lot of that was anchored down, though, by the one Duke game in the NCAA tournament where he didn't shoot it well. I will say, though, to counter that, he did shoot over 41% from three versus Ken Palm top 100 opponents the previous two seasons, not just one season, two seasons. So the bigger sample size there is that he has shot well in those games. But the defense is the biggest question there. I would just say this, though. He is so elite on the offensive end. Kansas has a good defensive core built in with Dewan Harris, K.J. Adams, one of their centers, Ernest, Zuby, whoever. And, you know, if, if they bring on one of these transfers on the wings who can play good defense, you have enough defensive insulation in there that you just say, give me the offense. And we'll 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 still be okay defensively. Like we have Bill Self, we have a bunch of other good defensive players. Give me the guy that can create the shots to add to what we don't have right now. And Max Aismas would do that. Tyler Perry might be, you know, it's it's funny. Max Aismas has the individual numbers over Tyler Perry, and you would think that Aismas would be the better option. I almost wonder if Tyler Perry should be tier one A and Aismas tier one B. Um, so Perry averaged seventeen points per game at North Texas. But North Texas is one of the slowest playing teams in the country. Like there are not many teams that play slower than them. So his 17 points per game versus Ace Smith, who gets, you know, 23 or, or whatever for his, uh, I don't know, career 20 plus points for three straight seasons. They're playing one of the fastest tempos. So Perry's 17 might actually be a little bit more impressive with how slow North Texas plays. He shot over 41% from three the last two seasons on six and a half tries per game. He was in the 89th percentile in spot up shooting. He was in the 81st percentile off of screens. He creates off the dribble too. 90th percentile in isolation scoring. 93rd percentile in pick and roll. And he was on a winning program. North Texas was actually 31st in Ken Palm by the time the season wrapped up. They were a good team. Conference USA ended up being pretty good with them. Uh, they had a team who won the CBI. Florida Atlantic goes to the Final Four. And how about this? Uh, Tyler Perry played against KU. 
in that uh, ESPN events invitational against the uh, 2021-22 to Kansas team that ended up winning the title. Tyler Perry in that game had 23 points on 8 of 16 from the floor. He's pretty good. In nine career games against Ken Palm top 50 competition, he shot 42% from three. Upper competition hasn't bothered him. And the defense, it ranked well on Synergy, which lines up with how good uh, North Texas has been defensively under Grant McCasland. Tyler Perry ranked in the 94th percentile, 94th in overall defense and in man-to-man defense. Now, the hesitations, he's only five foot eleven. How would that defense work up when he goes up a level to the Big 12? Maybe it drops off, but instead of him being an elite defender in the Conference USA, if he's just an above-average defender in the Big 12 with that offense and what he can provide, Tier 1A, Tyler Perry, that would be a guy that I would be all in on. I'm not sure how much the interest is there, and who knows, he might just follow his coach, Grant McCasland, from North Texas to Texas Tech, but uh, he is certainly someone that could, uh, even at five foot eleven. You say, okay, whatever. We'll just make it work with the two little guards and uh, we'll figure out the rest later because he is that good of a player. All right, that is our uh, top 10 of the guard options, combo guard options. At least right now, there could be more players into the portal. By the time this comes out, I don't know, maybe any of those guys have cut their list or uh, have committed somewhere or another. We'll do another one of these with maybe the wing forward positions, another one with the center positions down the road. Tomorrow's episode is going to be a deep dive of Nick Timberlake, who visited KU a week ago. That'll do it for this episode of Locked on Jayhawks. You can uh, find us wherever you find any of your podcasts. You can hit us up on YouTube. You can find me on Twitter at D Johnson Radio. Have a good rest of your day.